I want to give a little bit of an introduction to the gospel lesson, because the gospel lesson today is a little bit strange, I guess would be a way to say it. And so the message that I'm going to be doing is on the epistle lesson, the list of heroes of the faith that Donna just read for us. But the gospel lesson begins with this phrase, Do you think that I have come to be peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. That seems kind of strange when we think of God and, and Jesus, that he was the prince of peace. That's what we said in that passage from Isaiah chapter 9 that we frequently quote at Christmas time. When we list his, his name, we'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Or Jesus, the angels at that time at Bethlehem said, Peace on earth. Or Jesus himself said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Or the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians, which according to Amazon, are the most underlined passages in all of Scripture, says the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. These passages talk about peace, and the gospel lesson is going to talk about no peace, removal of peace, and so kind of like how in the world does Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace? Well, what about all this other stuff that you said? How does it all fit together? And the, all the other passages that are talking about it are talking about peace between us and God. Because Jesus came, died on the cross, and rose again so that our sins could be forgiven and we could have peace with God. The problem is, is that sometimes that develops animosity between us and other people. And Jesus in the Gospel lesson is saying, Who's number one? And number one needs to be Jesus. And if that causes division, then so be it. And so the essence of Christianity is that loyalty to Christ has to be precedence over the dearest of loyalties on earth. A person must be prepared to count all blessings for loss for the excellence of following Jesus Christ. So with that introduction, that you're almost going to get two sermons today, um, with that introduction, please rise for the reading of the Gospel lesson. The Gospel lesson is recorded in Luke chapter 12, verses 49 to 53. Jesus said, I came to cast fire on the earth, and would, it, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, one house, in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. This is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. 
Most coaches will tell you that one of the most important things in playing a lot of the games is to keep your eye on the ball. A lot of games have been lost because people don't do it. And so whether it's football, you have to keep your eye on the ball. Whether you're catching the ball or kicking the ball, keep your eye on the ball. In soccer, keep your eye on the ball. That's what you're supposed to do. In, in most sports that play with a ball or even a hockey puck, you've got to keep your eye on that. If you take your eye off, and a lot of games have been lost. Yesterday I was watching the little part of the Little League World Series that's on, and I was watching a part of it, and there was a kid, shortstop, and it was obvious that he took his eye off the ball. And so what happened? The ball went right underneath his glove, and the guy was safe at first. Kept his eye on the ball, he would have made the catch and made the throw to first base, and the guy would have been out. But a lot of games are lost because you take your eye off the ball. What about us as our Christian life? What about us? Us. It's true of us in our Christian life as we live it. To state it simply, we need to keep our eye on Jesus. The epistle lesson for today, since therefore we are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with the perseverance the race marked out for us. I'm going to read it from another translation, the New Century Version. We are surrounded by a great cloud of people whose lives tell us what faith means. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. And unfortunately, in our Christian life, it's very easy for us to take our eyes off the goal. And the writer to the Hebrews mentions it. It's the sin that entangles us. It's the sin that gets us messed up. It's the sin that, that gets us off focus. We wouldn't want to run a race wearing a, sheet of, a suit of armor and try to run a race and win a race if you got that much holding you back. And yet so often we run our races as our Christian life and we are encumbered by sin. And that's why it's so important for us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and the forgiveness that we have because of what Jesus Christ did for us. The forgiveness that assures us that we have a life with God that goes on forever. That God really does love us. That he does really care for us. That we can have life with him forever. Using the race analogy, the Apostle Paul writes this, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us to heaven. Paul had a lot to feel guilty about. Think about it for a minute. He had murdered people. He had been trying to exterminate Christianity. He had been trying in all kinds of ways to do it. And so if ever there was someone who had a good excuse for not getting into heaven and not running the race, it was Paul. He did it all. But he says, let go of those things. Let go of them. We have often stumbled in life, but the race is not over. 
If you got up this morning, and I think all of you did, right? Did everybody got up this morning? Yeah. If you got up this morning, it means what? That God's not done with you yet. And that God forgave you again today for all the things that you did yesterday. And he even forgave you all the things that you did already this morning. And the list is probably too long for us to even put down. That's the way God deals with us. That God takes all of those things and gets rid of them. That God gives us that new life because that's what he is doing for us. God has done that. And God allowed you to get up this morning because you have another day yet to experience his love and his forgiveness. But we have to run that race with endurance, don't we? It's not easy. It's not easy being a Christian in our today's world. It's not easy to go through it. We face all kinds of challenges as we go through that. There's all kinds of distractions that come into our life. Sometimes our idea of the goal is to make a name for ourselves. You know, if we can be really recognized by people and people know who we are and and people understand it and we get our name in the paper and maybe even on the news once in a while, oh, that's, that's the goal in some people's mind. And some people, they get themselves linked up with the wrong people in life. And as a result, they get dragged down and do the wrong things. Some of you, I bet, get problems with your overcrowded schedule. And you get so many things in there in your schedule that sometimes Jesus gets lost in that whole process. And he's not there and you don't really are not really able to pick him out all the time. But the biggest the biggest distraction for most people is their past. People continue to deal with the hurts. You refuse to forgive a person that maybe did something wrong to you and caused you hurt, and you refuse to forgive them. And so the hurt continues on. You continue to beat yourself up over something that you did in the past, and I bet you those of you who are over 16, that's most of us, um, those of you who are over 16 can probably remember something that you did when you were 16 that wasn't too cool. Um, for me, that's only about 20 years ago. And, and, and we forget, you know, we don't forget some of those things that we do wrong. And we hang on to them. We hang on to them for a long time. And you believe, and sometimes we believe that God could not use someone like me because of all the things that I have done in my past, all the mistakes I've made, all this, the people that I have hurt in my life. God could not use someone like me. And then we have that list of heroes that Donna read. I almost feel sorry for you, Donna, having to read that long list. But what was the first phrase? By faith. By faith. And the list goes on of all those guys. Now, some of those were not really cool guys. You know, Moses murdered somebody. You got several others in there that didn't do great things, you know, that they were wrong 
They did wrong things. And you've got a whole list of all those guys, and they're listed as the heroes, the heroes of Scripture. Now, why does the Bible give us all those stories? Why do we have the Bible, which has in that big section of the Old Testament, all of those stories about all of these guys and some of the dumb stuff that they did? Why is it there? So that you and I can know that God still loved them, and God still used them. God still uses people like us. People like us who have fouled things up, who have made mistakes, who have done the wrong things. Now, none of your names were on that list of heroes. Even if Donna had read the whole chapter, which we skipped over some of those, even none of your names are on the list. But you know they are on another book. And that's what the Bible says is the book of life. And that's where you really want to have your name listed because that's the name of those people who believe in Jesus Christ and to whom God has promised eternal life. That's the book. And that's the list of heroes. People who have faith in Jesus Christ. And it's people like us who are on that list. See, the, the, the race is not over yet. We still struggle. We still go on. But we need to run with endurance the race that is there. Endurance means that we keep on going even when sometimes we stumble and fall. We keep on going when things don't always work out real well. Two of our three kids ran track. Jim, who was DCE here for 15 years, you know, and he was really quite fast when he was in high school. You might not believe that, but that's true. Ran 400 meters. And every once in a while, there was someone who was running the race who would stumble and fall. And frequently they would get up and pick themselves up and they would start running again. You know who got the biggest cheers? That person who stumbled and fall and got up and continued on. Not the guy who run, ran the race and won it, or even the second or third place, but oftentimes the person who came in last but managed to pick themselves up and finish the race. Big cheers. Why? Because they finished the race. Imagine, imagine a moment, this great cloud of witnesses that the writer to the Hebrews talks about. Imagine it's all the people who have died and are in heaven right now. All those people who are, who are heroes of the faith listed in Hebrews, but all the others... And imagine that they're all up there in heaven and that they're cheering you on. And when you stumble and fall and you get yourself up again and you keep on running and you say, I still believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And they're cheering you on. <coughs> and when we get to heaven, whenever that's going to be, when we get to heaven... They're going to be cheering there. They're going to be cheering us because of what God has done for us. 
how he has given us this life and has assured us it. Think about Jesus' example, the Bible says. He held on while wicked people were doing evil things to him. So do not get tired and stop trying. The Christian life is, is full of examples of people who have done it. People who have continued on in the midst of all kinds of problems. Later on in the, in the Hebrews, the 12th chapter, later on in that same chapter, it says, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Uh, feeble arms and weak knees, does that relate to anybody here? You know, yeah. And it's not talking about our physically weak arms and, and feeble knees or feeble arms and weak knees, whatever. But it's talking about our life sometimes. When sometimes we, how could I do something so stupid? How could I not follow Jesus when all this was going on? How could I wander away like I did? And how could I be led astray? How could all that happen to me? And the Bible is telling us, keep on. Some of you are here this morning because you need to hear that. You need to hear that Jesus still loves you no matter how many times you have fallen down and you have messed up. You need to hear that God is still with you and there's this great cloud of witnesses of billions and billions and billions of people who have gone to heaven before us who are standing there cheering us on. Some of you are starting school or have just started school. Maybe you were out for football and the two-a-days are done. But studies are coming up. And they're going to be hard. Heard from our granddaughter, who's a sophomore, actually a junior now in college. And she's discovered that it's going to be really hard this year. Because now it's in her major subject area and she is going to have some real problems. And it's going to be a lot harder than the first two years where she could kind of sail on through because she's smart, just like her grandpa. <laughs> but studies are going to be hard. Relationships are, are not always easy. Relationships, whether it's at work or in our homes or with our neighbors or at school, it's not easy. It's not easy getting along with other people. It's hard. It's hard work. Teachers sometimes do not like students. No, that's not true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> sometimes teachers just can't communicate with some students, and some students can't communicate with teachers. And sometimes students don't always get it the first time. And so as this new school year begins, it's always this struggle that's taking place in all of that. Listen again to the Hebrews, the first verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We have a great cloud of witnesses that's cheering us on 
as we live our Christian life. And the most important one that's cheering us on is Jesus Christ himself, who died and rose again to assure us that we will have life with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for the love that you have given to us and that you are cheering us on. Dear Lord, we thank you that you do care about us and that nothing can separate us from your love. Dear Lord, when we stumble and fall, pick us up once again and cheer us on as we live our life with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's children said, Amen.